Say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing a little faith is all I have right now. But God, when you choose to leave mountains unmovable, won't give me the strength to be.
Well, 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 good morning, Southview. How are we? All right, glad to have you with us today. Welcome to the 11 o'clock hour here at Southview. If you're a guest with us, my name is Brad. I am the lead pastor here at Southview, and it is awesome to have you worshiping the Lord with us here today. Um, I got my coffee. I'm ready to go. I hope you're excited. I hope you didn't have lunch plans because it's, it's going to be great. So, for everyone that's here today, um, uh, I want to give you three big announcements, all right? Three big things that's going to help every person here in some way, shape, or form get a little connected this week to Southview Baptist Church. That's our desire. That's our hope for you is that every week we just want to provide some opportunities for you to engage with the body of Christ right here. So let me give you a few things. Number one, men's breakfast. This coming Saturday, 8 o'clock, we're having a men's breakfast right here, 8 a.m. If you want to sign up for that, guys, text the word BACON. It's a 910-424-1298 to sign up for that. Come be a part. This coming Saturday, we're going to be diving into Philippians chapter 2 and this idea that God has commanded us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So what in the world does that mean? How do we do that? What are some real just practical ways that you can grow in your faith and work out your salvation in the Lord? That's going to be this Saturday. Come hang out with us. Sign up. By texting bacon so we know how much bacon to have for everybody uh, and come be a part. Second, also this coming Saturday at 5 o'clock for our kids. If you have any kids, elementary age and younger, we're going to have a snowball fight this coming Sunday. Elementary age, first grade through fifth grade. Snowball fight this coming Saturday from 5 to 7. So how this is going to work, it's really neat. We're asking you to donate socks. We're going to use those socks as snowballs, set up this, you know, paintball kind of area there in the church and we're going to just have a big giant snowball fight with the kids and then afterwards we're going to give those socks to our homeless ministry uh, to give out on Friday evening. So if you want to be a part of that, bring your kids, text SNOWBALL to 910-424-1298 to sign up for that so you can be plugged in and ready to go there. And then lastly, our senior adult group, our joy group, they're having a Valentine's lunch February 13th at 11.30. If you want to sign up for that, you can do this. So on this hallway down where the office is by the office, there's a sign-up sheet. Uh, Sign-ups, we know how many to prepare for. Again, that's February 13th at 11.30. Come and be a part of that. And then for all our other announcements, download our app, iTunes or Google Play, so you can uh, know what's going on, stay plugged in and connected, uh, listen to previous sermons, see the notes for uh, messages, find a group, all those sorts of things. You also give online through the app or in our giving boxes as you leave, whatever is the best way for you. But please do that. And then lastly, again, if for our guest here today, thank you so much. We're so glad that you're here today worshiping the Lord with us. If you're a guest with us, there are two things I want you to do, okay? Number one is I'd love for you to connect with us and let us just know who you are. And there are two ways you can do that, okay? You can either... Text the word CONNECT to our number on the screen, 910-424-1298. Or scan the barcode on the back of the pew in front of you. Just scan that. It'll send you to a link, answer a couple of quick questions just so we can know who you are, just so we can have a name, just be able to pray for you this week. If you're a guest with us, please do that. And then secondly, if you're a guest, after service today... Come forward uh, right up front here, my wife and I. We'd love to meet you, put a name with a face. So please do those two things if you're a guest with us. Connect with us by text or uh, the barcode. And 
come up front afterwards and let us uh, say hello to you. Uh, Now for all of us, as we begin our time here today worshiping the Lord, I want to share some scripture with you. John chapter 6. So in John 6, Jesus is feeding the 5,000. If you're familiar with the story, he goes off after that uh, across the sea to the other side. The next day, the crowd finds him. And as the story unfolds, it's pretty clear the reason they're coming after him is because it's breakfast and they're hungry again. And he uses that as an opportunity to teach a really profound truth. He's saying, look, you're, you're looking for bread. You're looking for food. But, but again, if I feed you with that right now, you're going to be hungry again at lunch and then again at dinner and then again the next day at breakfast. However, there's a kind of food that you can feast on that will fulfill you and satisfy you forever. He's talking about himself being the bread of life. But then he also says in John 6, verse 63, Jesus says, The words that I have spoken to you, these are spirits and life. The words that I have spoken to you are spirits and life. Jesus says to them, the very words of God that are coming from my mouth, this is the avenue in which God has created to pour spiritual life into you. If you cut yourself off from the Word of God, you cut yourself off from the only source of spiritual life that God has created for you. Today in our uh, service, we're going to be looking at God's Word and the importance of God's Word. And I just want to start by encouraging you with this. Just an honest question between you and God. Have you cut yourself off from God's Word, the only real source of spiritual life that He has created for you? Do you spend time in the Word? Do you submit to the Word? Do you obey the Word? Do you apply the Word of God to your life? This is the only avenue, the only source God has given to pour spiritual life into you. Don't cut yourself off from that. I want to ask you to bow your heads for me. I want to pray for us as we begin our time together. Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you for your Word. I thank you, Jesus, that you love us enough to provide your word. God, that you care so much as to reveal yourself to us through your word. I ask you today that we would, God, see you for who you are, that we would give ourselves to you in your word and be forever changed by it. That fruit, real lasting fruit, will bear out in us because we submit ourselves joyfully and completely to your word. Thank you, Jesus. Do this in us today for your glory. Let us live our lives based off who you say we now are in your word. Not what we think, not what we feel, not what others may say to us, but we are going to live our lives based off what you say is true of us because only through your word can we receive spirit and life. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship together, guys.
Forsaken for our sins 
Jesus, thank you for giving your life away for us. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us your life, laying your life down for us so that you can, by faith, give your life to us and we can, by faith, live your life out through us and experience fruit. I pray, Jesus, that you would empower us today to see your word and be changed by your word for your glory. We say this and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you've got a Bible, let's find 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3, we'll jump into that here in just a moment, verses 16 and 17. Um, if you've been with us, we're in a series uh, called Mission Vision, where we're seeking to lay out who we are as a congregation and, and how God has called us to live out the Great Commission. We'll do this up through uh, Easter. Uh, um, we'll kind of keep walking through these ideas of mission and vision, what all this means. So if you've been with us, we've been working through our mission statement. And so what we said, the mission of Southview Baptist Church is Southview seeks to fulfill the Great Commission by discipling people to worship Christ as their greatest treasure, nurture a relationship with Christ in others, and be a witness for Christ in the world. It's not complicated. It's very simple. God's command on us is that we would make disciples. That's from the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Make disciples. What does that mean? God's call on your life God's call on my life, and as a result, God's call on our church is that we would very simply lead people to faith in Jesus and then teach them how to practically obey him in their life. It's pretty simple. It's actually not complicated. That's the Great Commission. Tell people about Jesus, lead them to faith in Jesus, and teach them how to follow Jesus. That is our calling. That is the mission that Jesus himself has given us. And so the language that we're going to use here to try to put flesh and bone on that is worship, nurture, witness. You're going to be hearing that all the time around here, okay? So what do we mean by that? Worship. We believe as a disciple of Jesus, we're called to worship Jesus as our greatest treasure. We get that from Matthew 22, where Jesus says the greatest commandment is that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Right? The first and greatest commandment. And so for us, we want to set Jesus as first and worship him as our greatest treasure, loving him, adoring him as the most beautiful and amazing treasure in the world, the greatest commandment that we would love him with all that we have. Second, nurture. Nurture a loving relationship with Jesus and one another. We get that because in the New Testament, over 100 times we are told to one another each other. 
Encourage one another, stir up one another, love one another, forgive one another, bear up with one another, care for one another, right? Teach one another. We need each other if we're going to grow as a disciple. There's no such thing as a lone ranger disciple of Jesus Christ. It doesn't exist. We need the body. And so for us, a big part of what we're saying is we want to nurture that in one another. And then witness. We are to live as witnesses of Jesus in this world. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that we have been made ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Living in such a way and proclaiming the truth of the gospel in such a way where we are imploring, we're begging people around us to come to faith in Christ and be reconciled to God through Jesus, right? This is who we are. This is what we do. So here's the question now. We've talked through that. Southview seeks to fulfill the Great Commission by discipling people to worship Christ as their greatest treasure, nurture a relationship with Christ in others, and be a witness for Christ in the world. Question now. So how do we do that? Like on a practical level, how do we do that? If you've been around church or especially church leadership uh, for any length of time, you know we are awesome at coming up with mission statements. And as a general rule, we stink at making disciples. Right? We're good at coming up with a slogan, probably put it on a t-shirt, it's great. But how do we actually just do the thing? I mean, how do we practically make disciples? That's what we're going to tackle now. Step one for us, and what I want us to see is how we're going to do that. What I want to do for the next several weeks is I want to lay a foundation. A foundation of core values. Core values are foundational building blocks that you build everything else on. How we do ministry changes. Right? I mean, a decade ago, no one put a lot of time, energy, money, resources into an online service, right? Unless you were some mega church, you didn't do that. If you were normal people, you didn't do that. But then, COVID. Now, online is actually a massive thing. It is extremely rare that we have a guest attend here and come up to me and not say, yeah, we've been watching you online for a while, and we just decided to join you today. Right? It's, it is the way ministry works now. So putting time, money, energy, energy, effort, resources into that, it's actually a big deal. It matters. So how we do ministry changes. Small groups. If you grew up in church like me, small groups were what? Sunday school. And you met on the same day, at the same hour, and a little bell rang to tell you it was time to leave. And we all had the same material, right? Those quarterlies. Remember those? Right? You had that bad boy. And they always ask you to read like, oh. Well, we still do small groups. We do them different. Right? We don't call them Sunday school anymore. We call them journey groups. We don't just meet at one time on one day. We meet just about every day of the week all over the place. Some meet on campus. Some meet in homes. Some meet in coffee shops. Some meet on Zoom. Right? We're all over the map. How we do it changes. But there are core values that are unshaking. There are core values that we will fight ferociously to make sure they don't drift. Because if your foundation becomes shaky, now the whole house is going to fall, right? You everybody ever, anybody ever had a foundation issue in your house? That bad boy ain't cheap, is it? 
Why? Because if the foundation is cracked, if the foundation moves, the whole structure is in danger. So what we want to do is take some time and think through the foundation. What are the core values that we're going to build everything on? We get this idea from Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, um, if you're familiar with the story, Spirit of God comes, rushes in like a mighty rushing wind, um, tongues of fire dancing on everybody's heads. They proclaim the gospel in languages so that everybody hears. 3,000 people get saved, and the first church is formed. And in Acts 2, verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. And I want you to notice that word devoted. These aren't things that they just did. These are things that they gave themselves to. They devoted themselves to. We would say these were core values. Things that they set in stone that they were going to always do. How they did it changed. As you read through the book of Acts, they left out of Jerusalem. Persecution pushed them out. They went to different places. They didn't just meet in the temple. Now they're pushed out of Jerusalem. So now they're meeting in homes more regularly. How they did it Change. The apostles weren't with everyone, so you couldn't just hear the apostles. So now they had to write it down and send it to you, and you read the apostles, right? How they did it changed. But they continued to be devoted to certain things. It says here in verse 42, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, that's the Bible, devoted to the fellowship, that's biblical community, devoted to the prayers. There were people committed to these things. As you read through Acts chapter 2 and the rest of the book of Acts, you see they were devoted to other things. Acts chapter 2 is going to say they were devoted to being gracious and generous with one another as anyone had need. They were devoting to living in a way and sharing the gospel in a way where every day people were getting saved. They were devoted to certain things. So uh, as your pastors spent some time praying through this and looking at Acts chapter 2 and what they were devoted to, and then what you see in the rest of the book of Acts. We began to kind of crystallize some things that we want to say are foundational truths for us. And these aren't foundational core values because we just decided they should be so. We're fo- these are foundational core values because we believe that these are, these are core values that were in the early church in Acts. And this is what the church, Big C, is built on. And so we want to be the church that God has indeed called us to be and see the kingdom advance the way that God has called the kingdom to advance. These are core value foundations we need to have for us as well. So what are these core values? I'll I'll give them a list for you. Core values. One, Bible. Core value number one is the Bible. We're going to talk about that more in depth today. But the idea that the Bible is the authoritative word of God. And so we submit ourselves to it joyfully. And we seek to teach and preach and organize our lives in such a way where we are submitted to it. Gospel transformation. We'll look at that next week. That's the idea that the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for your sin, was buried and rose again and gave you his life. This is what changes you. What changes you is not you attending church or you trying harder or you building better habits. What changes you is the gospel. What we want to see is gospel transformation in people's lives from the inside out. We don't want you just to try to be a better person. We want you to understand the fact that Jesus makes you new. Jesus doesn't make you better. Jesus makes you new. When you understand the newness that Jesus has placed in you, now you start to be able to live that out. Um, Another core value for us is devoted to prayer. 
This is who we are. This is what we're going to be. We want you to understand that prayer is not just that perfunctory thing that I do so the band can slip off the stage. We genuinely believe that apart from prayer, nobody gets saved. Apart from prayer, nobody grows in the faith. Apart from prayer, no marriages get reconciled. Apart from prayer, no prodigals come home. Apart from prayer, nothing happens. God can do anything, and God moves through prayer. And so we devote ourselves to it. Like We believe if we give ourselves to this, we're going to see God do unbelievable things for his glory. Um, Disciple-making. We want to devote ourselves to disciple-making as a core value. What that means is we believe every Christian is a growing disciple of Jesus, and every Christian has been called by God to help someone else become a growing disciple of Jesus. We want this to be a core value for us. Like this is who we are. We want every, a core value for our church is going to be. We want every single person in this room actively seeking to make someone else grow, help someone else grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is a core value for us. We don't want you just to come in here and sit. We want you to actively grow as a disciple and help someone else grow as a disciple. Um, Missional living. What this means is that we believe that every Christian is called by God to live as a missionary in your home, in your neighborhood, at your work, at your school, in your circle of friends. God has called you to be the missionary there. God has called you to be an ambassador there. We want you to live as a missionary there. We want you to live in such a way where you are proclaiming the gospel to your friends, to your family, to those around you. Missional, missionary living. Community. It's a core value for us at Southview that we believe that the church is a family. So we want to be there for one another. Love one another, serve one another, care for one another, be in each other's lives. In small groups and one-on-one relationships, we want to build that. And then kingdom expansion. It's going to be a core value for us as the church. The kingdom of God is always expanding. And so that what means for us is this. We dare not just try to hoard as many people at 4089 Elk Road as we can. We believe a core value for Southview Baptist Church. God has called us to train, equip, Raise up and send out kingdom leaders who are going to see the kingdom of God advance and spread. These are core values for us as a church. Bible, gospel transformation, devoted to prayer, disciple making, missional living, community, and kingdom expansion. So for us today, let's tackle the first one. Core value number one for Southview Baptist Church is... Commitment to the Bible. What we mean by that is this. We believe the Bible is the authoritative word of God that points us to Jesus as the greatest treasure in the universe. Because of this, we commit ourselves to personal and corporate study of the word through expositional preaching and teaching and joyfully submit ourselves to the scriptures as the Holy Spirit uses them to draw us closer to the Father. Core value number one for us as a church is going to be commitment to God's word. So let's jump in together. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Let's see what the Bible says about the Bible and what that means for us and our church, okay? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Um, if you are one of our every man a warrior guys, that scripture should go ding, 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 ding in your head. Because that's one you've had to memorize. So what is it saying? All scripture. All scripture means, track with this, all of it. Now, when the Apostle Paul was writing this, he was speaking primarily of the Old Testament and uh, the Gospels, several of the Gospels had been written at this point. But if you read through the New Testament, the, the writings of the Apostle Paul as well as Peter, what you see very clearly is that they had an understanding that all the Bible as we know it today, Old Testament and New Testament, is the authoritative inspired word of God. What he's talking about here is the 66 books of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, that you have sitting in your Bible right now. That is all the scripture that he's talking about, okay? Nothing more, nothing less. That is it. And look what he says about it. All scripture is breathed out by God. All right. The word there for breathed out. Some of your translations may use the word inspired by God. The word there is theonoustos. Really interesting. You ready? That word doesn't exist. It's not a real word. You're not going to find it anywhere else in the Bible. You're not going to find it in any other Greek literature ever. It literally doesn't exist. The Apostle Paul made it up. It's the great thing about being an apostle or Michael Jackson. You just make words up. Right? Shimon. What does that mean? I don't know. Theonoustos. What does that mean? Put it together. Theo, God, noustos, breathe. Here's what's happening. This is so cool. The Apostle Paul knew he was about to explain something that is so jaw-dropping, unbelievable. No language contained a word to properly express it. So he had to make one up. That's how big what we're about to read is. It's so huge. It's so amazing. It's so life altering languages of the earth failed to adequately express it. So the Apostle Paul had to make a word up. Theonoustos. Literally, God breathe. What does he mean by that? Well, think about breath. What is breath? Breath is something that comes out from you. So what he's saying is the Bible, the Word of God, literally comes out from God. It's given by God. It's inspired by God. It comes from God. It is the very words of God. And because it is that, it carries authority and power and conviction. It accomplishes things. We'll see that here in just a moment. Because, and this is, again, this is why this is a foundational core value for us. The Bible is the inerrant, infallible, inspired Word of God. What that means is this, there is no error, there is no contradiction. It is given to us by God. And so we must submit ourselves to it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was written a long time ago. The world has changed. That's the point. Listen, we have to hold to the fact that this is breathed out by God. 
Because, listen to me, the world has changed, but God has not. That's the point. The world, society, everyone around us has lost their mind. Right? They are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They believe in some crazy stuff. And the point is not, well, society has shifted, so now we have to understand that, that, that Christianity must shift. No, the point is this. Society has shifted, therefore believers in Christ must stand even harder on the Word of God because it is the very words of God. Does that make sense? This is the point. This is why, again, if we're going to talk about core values that we build everything on here, this has got to be number one. Everything else comes from this. This is going to be the foundation on which everything else in our lives individually must be built and what this ministry must be built upon. Listen, if, if you're not a really a Bible person, you're going to hate it here. If you're kind of looking more for a kind of pop psychology, you are going to hate it here. If you're more interested in debating what the Bible really means or doesn't mean, you're going to hate it here. Now, we hope you stay because we believe as God's word is proclaimed over you, it promises not to come back void, and we're praying that God would bear fruit in your life and that you will see the truth of God's word and be changed. But I want you to understand you're not changing us. It's just not a thing that's going to happen. Like, we, we, don't, we don't shift from this. This is who we are. We're people who are committed to the Word of God. And, and all the hard ones, too. Right? All the hard verses. Listen, there are scriptures. Can, can I just be honest? And I got a mic. What are you going to do? Stop me? So. There are scriptures I wish weren't in the Bible. There are doctrinal truths that I wish weren't true. Hell's a hard one. Eternal torment forever. Can we just be honest and admit that that's a tough pill to swallow? That's not easy. Anyone who can preach about hell with a smile on their face is wicked. It's hard. But we don't change our positions because it's hard. We ask God to change our hearts so that we can be more in line with his word. More and more and more of us are going to have people who are going to beg us to change our views on sexuality, marriage, and what's okay and not okay. We're all going to get invited to weddings and parties and baby showers. And we're going to have to say, well, what does God's word say about that? And I'm going to have to stand on that. It's hard. I, I, I wish there was an easier way. But the point is, because the world is changing, we have to stand true to the fact that we believe the Bible is literally the breathed out word of God. So we have no choice but to build our lives and to build our ministry on it. That's it. That's all we got. That's all we got.
And because it's God's word, it says that it is profitable. Some of your translations may say beneficial or useful. The point is the Bible is from God and therefore it accomplishes something of value and worth and meaning and significance in our lives. And verse 16 is going to tell you what some of those things are. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Teaching is, is instructing, telling us what's true about God, what's true about us, what's true about the world that we live in. Reproof is conviction. It brings with it the idea of, of a rebuke. The idea of you're wrong and the Bible tells you you're wrong. But then it also says it's profitable for correction. The Bible doesn't just tell you you're wrong. The Bible tells you how to get back right. The word correction means to set straight once again. And then it's also profitable for what? Training in righteousness. Totally equipping you. Top to bottom, front to back, start to finish with how you can walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Think about it like this. Imagine if you're a hiker. Um, uh, how many of you like camping and hiking? Anybody? Awesome. How many of you used to like camping until the army ruined it for you? Anyone? Awesome. Great. Great. So, so you go on a hike, right? You got this trail. Think of it kind of like this. The Word of God. The Word of God teaches you how to stay on the path of righteousness, right? Here's the steps you need to take. However, be honest, sometimes we step off the path. The Bible is there to tell us, you're off the path, bro. You have left the path. Corrects us, shows us, rebukes us, you're wrong. Then it also, the Bible corrects us how to get back on the path, and then the Bible seeks to teach us and train us, empower us, equip us to stay on the path of righteousness. All of Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for correction, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Verse 17, for a, for a purpose. There's an end in sight. Verse 17, so that... The man of God. Now, this was originally written to a guy, Paul to Timothy. That's why it says man of God. But it's all Christians. Man of God, woman of God. So that the man of God, woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The word complete means perfect, whole, fitted together. The Bible brings you together like you're supposed to be. Equipped for every good work means that you're perfectly furnished. You're completely outfitted. You're totally kitted out. For whatever it is God would have you to do, whatever it is God would call you to walk in, you are complete and equipped for every good work. The Bible does that. So let's do this. Let's say this way. The Bible is the only source that can equip you, teach you, reprove you, correct you, equip you for every good work. So that you can be equipped and complete for every good work. The Bible is the only way that happens. So apart from the Bible, are you able to have any of that? No. It literally cuts you off from the source of life, spiritual life. The point is that the Bible changes you. Changes the way you think, changes what you believe, changes how you live. 1 Peter 1.23 says the Bible is what gives you eternal life. Ephesians 5.26 says the Bible is what spiritually cleanses you. Ephesians 6.17 says the, 
the Bible that gives you power against demonic spirits. Matthew 8.16 says the Bible brings spiritual power to heal our bodies. Psalm 119.28, the Bible brings us spiritual strength. Romans 10.17, the Bible has the power to spiritually build faith in us. The point is, the reason we constantly talk about the Bible around here, because it's the only hope we have. It's all we've got. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is being tempted by the devil. Look what he says. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. John 6, 63, I read this to you earlier. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. James 1, 21, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. So not just the Bible says this, but let's just... Let's just get practical, okay? So sometimes we need some, again, flesh and bone. Um, the Center for Biblical Engagement, it's an organization, they conducted a massive study of about 500,000 Christians in North America, right? Half a million Christians. And what they wanted to do was determine the significance and importance of the Bible in Christians' lives. So they studied half a million Christians. And here's what they discovered. Listen to this. This study concluded that the quality of the lives of Christians who do not engage in the Bible most days of the week is statistically the same as non-Christians. If you are not in God's Word, the majority of days, statistically speaking, your life has Zero difference from someone who has no idea who Jesus even is. This study revealed what they called the power of four. Um, what they discovered was when you spend only one to three times a week reading the Bible, it still has very little minimal impact in your life. However, there's something about four. And I think what it is is I, I went to public school, so my math is, is shady. But Four is the majority of seven, right? So seven days a week, you get four or more. Like you're, the idea is most days you're in the Bible. So what he's saying here is if you spend the majority of your days in God's Word, here's what they discovered. As soon as people in the study passed the number three threshold and went into their fourth engagement with the Bible each week, they saw a significantly positive difference in how they felt and how well they dealt with hard times. Specifically, again, let's just get numbers. I'm a sociologist at heart. I love studies like this. Let's just get practical with numbers. People who spent, in this half a million Christians, those that spent four more times a week in God's Word, 30% uh, uh, feeling loneliness dropped by 30%. Anger issues dropped by 32%. Alcoholism dropped by 57%. Relational issues, especially in marriage, dropped 40%. Pornography and other sexual sins dropped 62%. And feeling spiritually stagnant dropped by 60%. Do you feel spiritually stagnant in life? There is a reason. Jesus said, 
The words that I have spoken, that's where spirit and life come from. I, I love it when, on occasion, science goes, you know what? We think the Bible's right. So you had these social scientists. They're like, you know what? We did a study, right? Cost us a few million dollars. You know, we had to make sure the Bible knew what it was talking about. And you know what? It's, it's as if man does not live by bread alone. I mean, hang on, we did a study. And what we discovered was the words that God has spoken bring spirit and life. <laughs> it's amazing. Track with me. We learned, because we studied a half a million people. And what we learned was when you have God's word planted into your heart, it saves your soul. They should write that down somewhere. Brothers and sisters, here's my point. Here's my point. We're not, as we walk through these core values, the reason why it's going to be a core value for us as a church is because we believe the Bible teaches it should be a core value for your life. The point isn't that the church does something and you do something separately. The point is that we're all individually seeking to build our lives in a certain way, and then as a result, the church, right? The church is not just building the church's people. The church is disciples of Jesus, living as disciples of Jesus collectively together. That's a church. So the point is, you, you, do you submit yourself to God's word? I want to give you just a couple of thoughts, right? One, Listen, be a part of Sunday here. Right? Be here on Sundays. Having God's word poured into you. Be a part of a journey group where you're going to get in a room with a whole bunch of people who are trying to pour God's word into one another. And then individually, personally, you on your own, get into God's word. And listen, I know that, man, it can feel super intimidating and overwhelming. I know it does. I know you can get in that. You just feel like, I just, I don't know where to start and I don't know what to do and, it, and, I, and I know I should be farther along than I am and I don't know what's this. And so what happens is this. Here's what happens. Satan's great scheme is to keep you from God's word. He wants desperately to do that. And anything in your life that keeps you from God's word, you can guarantee did not come from God. When people say things like, gosh, I just don't have time, I just don't have time to be in the Bible. A couple of thoughts, okay? Just listen to me, a couple of thoughts. Number one, I think the majority of us who say we don't have time to be in God's word, when we stand before God, your phone and your Netflix subscription is going to condemn you. They're, they're, they're kind of going to stand as witnesses against you. And second is this, listen. If legitimately your life is so slammed, you do not have time to sit down with the Bible and allow God to nourish your soul, you probably need to take some time and think through priorities. Because man doesn't live by bread alone. Whatever it is you're trying to scrape together for your life, it isn't going to sustain you. It isn't going to give you what you think it's promising. And I want to encourage you with this as well. Again, I know, I know that this can feel overwhelming and intimidating, and oh, I don't, it just feels like so much. And 
I'm not good at reading and retaining and things. I, I, I get all of that. I get all of that. That is where the church comes in. And I just want to say this. Let us help you. Man, let us help you. I know what it's like to go through seasons in my life where I did not spend time in God's word like I, I know that he has called me to do. I, I've gone through that. I understand that. I know that feeling. And I know the condemnation that comes with it and, and, and the regret and the, okay, i got to get back in. And I, I know all of that. I understand it very, very, very well. Let us help you. In a couple of ways. One, we offer a, re- a recurring um, uh, equip class on how to study the Bible. We'll be kicking that up here uh, uh, later on this year. Be a part of that. If you haven't gone through that, go through it. And literally, we'll just kind of walk you through step by step. Here's how you study the Bible. We want to help you. We want to shepherd you. We don't want to just go, hey, you should do that. Go after it. We want to help you. Let us do that. In the meantime, until that class cranks up, you know what I would encourage you to do? Grab your phone, download the Bible app, find a plan that you're going to follow, and just do it. Right? Do it. Start reading the Bible. Sit down with the Bible. Open it up. Pick a book and start reading. Pick a target-rich environment. Pick something that's going to be good. That's going to be a lot of... It's all good. You know what I mean. Just waiting for that one guy to send an email. But there are, you know, don't start with lamentations, okay? Not like I'm working my way through Leviticus. Don't. Please don't. Just, Just don't. There are books in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, the book of Ephesians, Colossians. Really good books that help explain who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. Just pick a book of the Bible and start reading it. it. And I would even say this as well. Just come ask me for help. Go ask your journey group leader for help. Go ask one of our other pastors for help. Find somebody who looks like to read their Bible and ask them how they do it. Make it simple. Make it simple. Core value for Southview Baptist Church and a core value for my life and a core value for your life is commitment to the Word of God. Commitment to the Bible. We believe the Bible is the authoritative Word of God that points us to Jesus as the greatest treasure in the universe. Because of this, we commit ourselves to personal and corporate study of the Word through expositional preaching and teaching and joyfully submit ourselves to the Scriptures as the Holy Spirit uses them to draw us closer to the Father. We just want to build our lives on the Word. Build your life on the rock so that when the storms of life come, you stand. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for me. And um, I want to pray for us. And um, as we end our time here today, talking about the Word again, I, uh, we're going to end our time worshiping, just looking to Jesus, worshiping Jesus, praising, glorifying, honoring Jesus. And ask that as we do that, God will stir up in us a greater love for Jesus. And so that we'll just want to be in his word and spend time in his word and grow in his word. 
because we love him so much. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you have said to us that the words that you speak are spirit and life. I pray, God, for us that we would not cut ourselves off from the only source of spirit and life that we have. I pray that we will be a people individually who commit ourselves to your word and that we will be a church corporately that commits ourselves to your word and we devote ourselves to it. We build on it as a core value and everything else just comes from that. Thank you, Jesus. Do this in us for your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, I want to ask you to stand with us, guys, as we enter time here today again, worshiping, glorifying, making much of Jesus Christ our Savior.
do me a favor, have a seat just for a quick moment, if you will. Uh, Ryan and Emily, not you, you don't count. Come on up. Uh, I want uh, Ryan and Emily to join us. Um, if, uh, if you were here with us last week, you know that Ryan and Emily will be stepping out. Ryan is uh, going to be uh, becoming the lead pastor um, for Swift Creek Baptist Church in Colonial Heights, Virginia. That's starting next Sunday. And so they'll be heading out. And so I wanted to take some time today uh, to, and Jeff, you don't go away either. You stay here too. Um, I want to take just a minute to pray for them. I'm not going to make you pray out loud. Don't, I, 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 because not only is Jeff our bassist, not only um, uh, does he serve as one of our deacons, he's also Emily's dad. So this is hitting a little different for him. So uh, I'm not going to make him uh, try, to, try to make his way through that. Um, but I do want him over here with us as we just lay hands on Ryan and Emily and uh, pray and send them out. And I'm also going to ask if any of our youth would like to come up and gather around him. You're more than welcome to as well. Um, but let's just take just a minute and gather around these guys and, and, and pray for them. So if you'd like to come up, you're more than welcome to. Um, uh, um, any of our youth or youth leaders, you're welcome to come up. Let's just gather around them and take just a minute, pray for them. Um, again, a... Um, a core value for us at Southview here is we want to be about kingdom expansion. Um, that we don't want to hoard all the good ones. We want to um, pray for them and train them and encourage them, lift them up, and uh, by God's grace, send them out uh, to see the kingdom advance. And so um, Ryan is uh, one of our first that we're getting a chance to do that. And by God's grace, we're praying that his tribe will increase. And um, we're, uh, we're going to send a lot more of you out uh, for God's glory to see his kingdom advance to the ends of the earth. So let's just a second, uh, take just a second. Let's, uh, let's lift up and pray for Ryan and Emily. Lord, we just thank you for this couple. We thank you, God, just for all that you have done in them and through them here. Um, all the blessing that they have been for us here. I ask you, God, that now as they go off, Lord, that you would, um, Lord, we shoot them off now like arrows, God, going off uh, into this world uh, to proclaim the gospel, to love people, to make disciples in Jesus' name. Uh, and I pray that's exactly what they'll do. What we're seeking and desiring to do here, I pray, God, that they will do right there uh, in Colonial Heights, Virginia. And they'll see you glorified uh, in this church and in this community. We pray, God, for them as they go. God, that you already are going before them. We pray, God, that you'll set up friends for them and the kids. Um, God, that, that you will um, go before them in ministry. Lord, that you'll just see much fruit bear out for your glory in them and through them. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for them. We love them. And God, we we truly um, just commit them into your hands, and you use them for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, can you give Ryan and Emily a big hand? All right. Thank you, guys. We love you so much. God bless you. You're dismissed.